You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Serve Strong, Finish Strong podcast. I'm Scott Kokenauer, and I'm happy that you are with me for this episode. I was watching a TED Talk several few years ago, and it's called Inside the Mind of a Master Procrastinator by Tim Urban. It was a TED Talk that was recorded in 2016, and it's about 13 minutes and 55 seconds long. But what really caught my attention and grabbed my attention was what he said at the very end at about oh, 12 minutes, 56 seconds into the entire video. And he called it a life calendar. And what he showed up on the screen was essentially a graph paper, what you would think of as when I say a graph paper, a bunch of squares. He said, every square represents a week in the life of a 90-year-old. So if you can imagine taking a piece of graph paper, turning it sideways, and across the top are 90 columns, and down the left side are 52 rows, and in every square represents a week in your life. Then I began to fill in the weeks I had already lived, and it revealed to me how far into a 90-year life was. I began to think of my mortality, about what's it all about, the purpose and meaning of life. Maybe you have thought of these thoughts before. You've thought, I'm not going to live forever. What do I do with that? Well, a lot of times we just don't talk about it. It's kind of like Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, but we don't talk about mortality. Ever wonder why we don't talk about mortality? It's probably because it's associated with loss, grief, change we don't like. Maybe you've lost someone in your life that you really did not want to lose. Maybe they died early. Maybe they died in their prime. I remember when my father-in-law passed. Hospice was there. We were all standing around the bed. We knew it was his last few moments, and we literally witnessed his passing. It was surreal to know that one moment he was there, and the next moment he was not. All of the experiences that we had enjoyed with him suddenly became memories. Interesting thing about that situation, our kids were younger, and during the whole stay with hospice, we had gone out and rented some VHS tapes. And I know I'm dating myself, but you understand, so I'm dating you too. VHS tapes of kids' movies, just to occupy them while we took turns taking care of Skip. After his passing, it was my responsibility to go return the tapes because they were due that day. I remember getting in the car, driving into town, and noticing the stark contrast between standing around a bedside in a bedroom, watching someone I loved dearly pass from this life to the next, no longer ever to interact with him at all. And now here I am going into the grocery store to return the VHS tapes. And I'm looking around myself, around at my surroundings. There were people picking out watermelon. 
there were people shopping for toothpaste. When I left the store, there were people getting gas. There were people getting Burger King drive through It was just so strange to think that we had experienced this life-changing event, and yet everyone else has no idea whatsoever what just took place. They're just going about their lives. Mortality. It's something that separates and takes from us. It's like a thief. And I think that's why we don't talk about it. We don't want to think about it. Perhaps that's what a midlife crisis is all about. A person wakes up to the reality that has always been there, and they realize there really isn't going to be a forever in this life. And so there's a grasping at salvation. There is a shaking of the fist in the face of mortality, saying, you will not get me. You will not win. And for some, that turns out to be a sports car. For some, it turns out to be an affair or a major life change. Maybe that's a midlife crisis is a response to the overwhelming sense of mortality. I would like to offer a reframe in this episode that when you think mortality, you don't automatically think loss, grief, theft, something taken from you, the end, darkness, crying. And instead, when you think of mortality, that you think life. I know that's strange. Mortality is the end of life. But what if you were to think every time you thought of your mortality, you thought life. The truth is, we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now, let alone 10, 20 years. In my coaching, when I work with clients, we look at laying out a plan of a lifetime. Like, what are your aspirations? What do you want to be said about you? Reverse engineer that and become that person now and prove it to yourself by how you act and how you decide what you do with your life, what you keep doing, what you stop doing, what you change doing. And yet I could take a breath during the recording of this episode and be gone. So the truth is mortality has been there all along. From the moment we were born, from the moment we were conceived, mortality has been right there. The concept of no longer being around. So I want to encourage you that when you think of mortality, think life and begin to live life now. Rather than mortality being a cloud of, over your head, why not let mortality be the launch pad at your feet? And when you think, about the actual amount of time that you have left, whether that is 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. Live life now. Live life today. As soon as you finish this podcast episode, decide how are you going to live your life in light of mortality. We've talked in previous issues episodes about the hallmarks of a fantastic fourth quarter. They are being spiritually grounded, physically fit, relationally rich, emotionally healthy, vocationally aligned, and financially free. So when you think about living life and having a grand response to mortality, letting mortality launch you into an orbit of 
life. How spiritually grounded are you? Is that spiritual grounding something you need to work on in order to live life? What about your physical fitness? Is there something about your physical fitness that is keeping you from living life in light of mortality? Do you need to see a doctor? Do you need to have some blood work done? Do you need to get out and take a walk? How is your physical fitness? How are your relationships? Do you have deep and abiding relationships with a few people that you are literally doing life together? Or are you alone? Is the makeup of all your relationships essentially a collection of shallow comparative interactions? Your relational richness can help you live life in light of mortality. Your emotional health. How healthy are you emotionally? What about your emotional makeup is standing in the way of allowing you to live life in light of mortality? Maybe you need to see a therapist, a psychologist, psychiatrist, a doctor. Maybe you need to download an app to get yourself into more meditation and reflection. Maybe you need to start journaling. Whatever it is, if your emotional health is lower than it needs to be for you to live life in light of mortality, then maybe that area needs your attention. Vocational alignment. Are you doing something that you used to love to do and now all you see are the risks and all you see are the returns for that risk and you've awakened to a different thing you could do? Maybe you are misaligned. Maybe it's time for a change vocationally. Your vocational alignment will help you live life in light of mortality. And finally, your financial freedom. How financially free are you? What about your finances is standing in the way of living life in light of mortality? Maybe you've got more debt than you like. Maybe you have very little savings. Perhaps it's time to sit down with a financial counselor. Maybe it's time to sit down with your spouse and say, let's look at our spending plan. I always like spending plan instead of calling it a budget. Budget sounds like life is no fun, but what if you called it a spending plan and you work together to begin to reduce the debt, increase the savings, start looking at retirement. And when I, of course, you know, when I say retirement, I just mean putting money away that you can live on regardless of what you pivot to. So your spiritual grounding, physical fitness, relational richness, emotional health, vocational alignment, and financial freedom, those all make up the kind of life that you can live in light of mortality. So instead, when you hear or think about mortality, the limitations of this life, instead of thinking loss, think life. Don't put mortality as a cloud above you. Put it as a launch pad at your feet. Who are you pouring into? How are you pouring into those people? Always remember that your influence is inevitable. There is no on-off switch to influence. You will influence others today. When this podcast ends and you interact with the very next person, you are influencing them. The question is, how are you influencing them? 
for good or for not so good, for the temporal or for the immortal. See, I think that if we took mortality and thought of it as a launch pad to life rather than a cloud of loss, we can influence our immortality. And what I mean by that is when you influence someone for the good while you have breath yourself, the moment you no longer have breath, that influence in those people that you poured into will continue. And that is all the immortality we can have on this earth is through other people. So who are you pouring into and how? I hope this episode has helped shape and give you a handle so that you can start talking about mortality in a much lighter, freer, more energetic way. Life-giving. Mortality can be life-giving to you today. So think of mortality different. How many squares do you have left? And let's just take the very next square and live the next week as life-giving as possible. Thanks again for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to the show, I would encourage you to do that. We've got some great shows lined up. I'll talk to you later. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.